All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. Good people of the internet, it is time for OnComicsGrounds.com flagship podcast, panel to panel, where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. We are here live for episode 9, talking about all the latest comic book news that we have missed in the past week and a half, but we are back here now to talk about everything that has been going on in comic books and nerd culture. My name is James Portis. To my right, we have the amazing, the awesome, the kick-butt crime fighter, Mary. How you doing tonight? Mary? I said I'm doing okay. Oh, I didn't hear you. I just just (laughs) wanted a straight pause, and I'm like, wait, where'd she go? Come back. (laughs) No, I'm doing all right. All right, dope. And to my left, we have the hard-working welder himself, Travis. How you doing? Uh, tired as always. <laughs> you need to get more sleep, man. Uh, I, I, no, sleep is for the week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. We are going to go ahead and get in, into into this topic, but before we do, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OnComicsGround and follow the podcast Twitter <laughs> at, uh, um, I almost said the uh, Love on the Edges Twitter, um, <clears throat> PCP underscore podcast. And don't forget to uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash oncomicsground. Uh, every day we are posting our reviews and uh, different op-eds talking about the comic book industry and their culture, so please make sure to check us out there. Alright, so we are going to go ahead and get into it with our opening topic. Our opening topic is going to like, be a little bit of a catch-up from what we have missed in the past week and a half that we have been gone. And the first thing up is about a, t- about, about a week and a half ago, we had E3, the, um, the big uh, gaming and entertainment expo that goes down every year. And the big highlight for us comic fans was after the long and painful treatment that was done to us where Square Enix made us sit through their entire press conference talking about all of their new JRPGs that are coming out. They revealed to us the new Avengers game that is going to be coming to consoles and PC next year. 
And this thing was very interesting. Uh, the comic book and video game communities were going insane over it. They were having very debated about the graphics, being very debated about the MCU parallels, the lack of Hawkeye, which is really frustrating, and everything else in between going on with this game. Um, first impressions about what's going on here. Uh, Mary, how did you feel about this trailer? I mean, you know, game trailers are always and unfortunately in the case of a lot of games, sometimes they end up being better than the game itself. <laughs> That's true. We had the case of, of what two years ago where Anthem's uh like gameplay trailer of like starting out was literally nothing like what the game ended up being. Mm-hmm. So that there, But there, that um so I mean we put a lot of a lot into game trailers. Um, something I am worried about are the apparent MCU connections because I get wanting to rehash what works, but it also is important in these kinds of situations. Originality definitely is important. Um, one thing that I noticed is the fact that, like, why wasn't Hawkeye here? Especially if you're doing the, the um, MCU parallels. And also, you're trying to make MCU parallels in a brand new, like, starting out universe. There is no connections to the MCU. It's a brand new property with, with like, they didn't even try to make them look like their MCU counterparts. They didn't look different. Captain America's costume was, like, the thing that everybody was upset about. But I loved it. Like, I don't know if I'm the only one in the room, but I, I loved how, like, very military it looked. Am I, am I the only one here on that one? No, no, I, I enjoyed that. Mary? I'm still a fan of the fish plate costume, so... That's fair, that's fair. I mean, like, the um the, the one for Endgame kind of, like, snuck in the scale mail a little bit. So, like, they're trying to give them a little bit of taste of that. But the, the, there was that. And the, the, there's the issue of, like, the graphic fidelity of this first trailer that a lot of people were upset about. Um, what do you guys think of that? Mary, are you, hmm. are you, are you dead, Mary? Are you there? <laughs> like, because, like, cause, like it, it, your light's, like, flashing, but, like, I, I, it's almost like you're not coming through all the way. Conditioner on. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Yeah? Okay. Through to my face. Okay, so what you think about these graphics? Again, it kind of, for me, it bounces back to the whole, you know, the graphics in the trailers aren't necessarily the graphics in the game, you know? Yeah. Because um, Dishonored, for example. Dishonored 2. The graphics in the trailer are a hell of a lot better than the graphics in the game. That's true. Granted, the game itself was actually pretty good at launch. It is It is literally just, the, like, I looked up and it's the first game on my game shelf. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, but it's still a very good reference. I love Dishonored so much. But, unfortunately, like, I am that kind of person that with video games, it's, I will wait and see. That's movie great. trailer, movie and TV trailers reflect the actual technical quality of the product. 
games, you know, you have cutscenes. Sometimes the trailers are just, you know, created to be just that. They're just created to be trailers. And like, yes, movies are guilty of putting scenes in trailers, but not putting them in the film itself. Still getting a sense of, like, uh, Batman vs. Superman. We saw Doomsday in the trailer, and that's what Doomsday looked like in the movie. Like... <laughs> Travis just in so cringe mode because he knows it's true. Uh, I am making a technical point. Yes, yes, but, but yeah. regardless, it's still that deep cut that hurts us all. But no, you were definitely it's, correct. It's never the fact that you're making the point that hurts me, Mary. It's the <laughs> truth. It's the truth. It's me facing reality. Like that's what it is. Like I, <laughs> what I've loved about doing this is like. Mary's hot takes just stinging Travis where it hurts, but teaching him the realness, and I love it. Oh, because I, I always try to rationalize. Well, Doomsday was okay. I just didn't like how he came out, and I, I'm thinking about it, and he looks like a rotten potato. <laughs> I saw somebody make the best point on Twitter of the day that there's been three different live action interpretations of Doomsday, and the two TV ones have done it better than the movie budget. That is sad. <laughs> But no, um, Travis, what did, what did you think of this trailer? Like, it, it was a lot. There was definitely a couple snippets of, like, gameplay in there. But, like, there's a lot of concerns going on of, like, the, the, the fears of microtransactions and stuff like that. What do you think about all this? Uh, it depends on how they do the microtransactions, in my opinion. Like, with my experience in gaming, microtransactions start to suck when they actually give you, like, not just a look. Like, an actual in-game benefit that you can use to your advantage like against a player or when you're farming a material or something now i don't see that happening much in this game because it seems pretty linear but i'm concerned with finding myself wanting to spend twenty dollars on like a rune king thor skin you know yeah see that's that's the issue that i'm having is it the microtransactions my my main problem with them is not that they exist it's what they're for and it seems just to hook line and sinker more money out of a dedicated fan base so that that does worry me well like one thing that they said was there's not gonna be any like um pay to win type type situations and there's not gonna be like any crazy loot box crap so what it the vibe that i'm getting is that there's going to be just flat out pay like a dollar pay two three dollars for a costume and that makes a lot of sense but at the same time though we had things like Mar- like the original two Marvel Ultimate Alliances where you just put in some cheat codes or you did some achievement type stuff to unlock cost- like, like costumes. Beat this many enemies to get like an Ultimate Spider-Man or an Iron Spider suit. Like the idea of having to like pay for these costumes is definitely going to have some people salty no matter how they're doing it. Especially because they're trying to say this is going to be a live service in terms of co-op because there's not going to be like any online like uh, PvP type situations. It's all going to be like online co-op. So to try to say you're going to have this live service of a co-op functionality for multiple years and bring out multiple heroes besides just what we saw in the trailer, like that's kind of worrying that you can try to nickel and dime people with costumes. Yeah, and it's it's not an issue with Marvel more so or it's it's more an issue with the gaming industry's status quo. Like cuz like you said with Marvel Ultimate Alliance like 1 and 2 back in the day, you could put in cheat codes for anything. Like I remember the old PlayStation 1 Spider-Man game where I could put in a cheat code and play as Captain Universe. And that was amazing, but now we're in a day and age where 
they'd rather sell that to you rather than make it some kind of unlockable, which is, like I said, a problem with the gaming community more so than the comic industry. But the comic industry benefits heavily from this because I can think of no other reference-heavy nickel-and-dime capability outside of a, of a comic book game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you have all these different universes, versions, and all reskins of basically the same characters where they can just keep raking in money with this. And that that's kind of where I'm kind of terrified because if the game is <coughs> awful, they're still going to make a ton of money right off the bat from skins because I can't... It's going to be common for people to, oh, all right, I'm Iron Man. I'm going to unlock the Endosim suit. All right, cool. Two dollars, right then and there. But then they're disappointed with the game, and they already bought the game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which is a possibility. I know I'm going to be one falling into that pit because I I have a soft spot for superhero games. But I don't know. I got high hopes for it. I got high hopes, but eh. all right. Well, Mary, we know that there is going to be the um like the 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 Avengers that we saw. Randomly, Hawkeye's not here, which is sad, and I hate it. Um. I agree with a lot of Travis. I mean, points. is it really? Well, like they flat out just went. Like he he might come later, but they're just like all the original Avengers from one, but Hawkeye, and it's like, eh, and then they go, okay, Hank Pym's in the tra- and like like gonna come later too, and it's like what? So who are you looking forward to seeing? Or are wanting like if you had if you had like a top three top five who would you want to come in and see? I'm still here. What the hell? There's just like no audio coming through. <laughs> I heard. I heard. I'm still here. What the hell? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yes. No. Maybe. Yeah, like I heard the yes, no, maybe. Like, I don't know what's going on. X Men. Avengers game. I want the X Men. Oh, you? Well, yeah, that's true. You want the X Men. X Men are important. Oh. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Is there anybody else besides the X Men that you would want? Can you hear me? Yes, I heard. Can you hear me? I mean, besides my absolute fangirl need for the X-Men. Um, uh, I'd probably want to see justice for Janet Van Dyne because she should have been in the Avengers. She should have. Just, say, just saying, not salty about that at all. Probably Wasp, America Chavez, just because I want to see her punch people already. Yeah. And we got her in the Lego game, and, so it's possible. And um, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of like my future fight lineup. Bruh, yes. <laughs> Angela. I mean, I think Angela would be a fun addition. Okay. Travis, what about you? Who 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 do you need in this game? Gladiator. Why Gladiator of all people? Because I have a soft spot for extremely OP Superman clones, and I know (laughs) I'm going to get torn apart, but you can never convince me that an alien who's the last survivor named Kalark is not a Clark clone. Okay, So, but like, it make more sense to bring someone in like Hyperion who has been an Avenger, not like Gladiator? 
Ah, I don't. Uh, with Hyperion comes a lot of expectations for me. Because like if I get Hyperion, I better get a Secret Wars. You know, like I, I want to play the part where he held the two Earths and the universe has collapsed upon him. That would be amazing to see and feel in real time. See, I feel like if you ever read Exiles, like the like the original run, I feel like you would hate Hyperion afterwards, and it would break your heart. <laughs> Because like, there's this whole thing where like an like an alternate reality version of Hyperion tries to kill everybody, and it's very funny. Yeah, I've seen scans of here and there on that one. Isn't that where Juggernaut was getting beat up, and he like punched Juggernaut in the head and broke his hand, and Kane laughed at him? I don't. I, I don't. That, that doesn't. No, that that is not correct. <laughs> uh, I just remember King Hyperion went brutal on everybody, and I thought that was a part of it. Um, <laughs> X Men comic. The uh, the chat's calling for Hercules, and I agree. Hercules no, would be no good. complaints. Hercules would be good. I, I I will I will I would definitely agree with Hercules. <laughs> like yeah, especially, especially in a game like this where like you can have multiple like super strong characters just kicking ass. Like I could definitely see Hercules putting in work. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, I feel as if um like announcing it, uh, Ant Man as like your next hero was the wrong move they should have just swung for the fences and if you're gonna call, if you're gonna use the mcu parallels you should have just flat out been like day one dlc black panther and captain marvel if you're gonna do it just do it like don't don't like like freaking um as bad of a game as it was um what was it marvel versus capcom infinite flat out said captain marvel's in the main roster and black panther is day one dlc like that was like flat out just cool. And then the chat saying, um, give me the ability to, to play as bad guys turn heroes too. Um Yes. But see, like, Ultimate Alliance threes are, are already doing that. Like like who who would you pull in as a villain, like, for the Avengers game? Uh and it doesn't have to specifically be an Avengers villain though. That's true. Like Doom's been in the Avengers villain a couple times. I can play as Catwoman in uh, Arkham City, and I can play as Catwoman in Injustice too. So you right. Um, what was that? What Doom? To the game, not Injustice, also. But um, well, then who would you want as a villain pick, Mary? I've been doing some uh, catch-up reading because, <laughs> again, a lot of this is based off of my future fight lineup because I have a problem with the game. Same. I want to see Superior Spider-Man because I got the costume for Doc Ock and I'm like, okay, this is fun. And then I've been reading the story and I'm like, oh my god, I kind of need this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis, who would be your villain pick then? My villain pick? Yeah, if you, could, if, you, if you could have one villain to play as in this game after seeing the graphics and whatnot, who would you Oh, play? that's so tough. I, oh, I resent you for this. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, out of all of the people, there, I, I kind of have a tie between two because it would be an opportunity for the writers, I hope they're listening, to uh, let Sam Wilson fight Hydra Cap. Ooh. That would yeah. be... Ooh. See, that, um, yeah, that would be great. That would be so good because it uh, just it should never have been of my. I love Miles, but it shouldn't have been Miles. It should have been Sam. Should have been Sam. I'll say it till I die. See, but go ahead. 
Uh, outside of that, I think my my other choice would most likely be Gore the God Butcher. Ooh, that's a that's a wild pick right there. Well, it's, it's a, a lot of it has to do with me thinking about it as a video game, you know? Because like, if you played like remember Osiris Wrath and how like over the top it was mm-hmm. with its like. It, it would be really cool to see something similar to that with Thor and Gore's fight, how they start cracking the planets around him. Ooh. That would be neat. Okay, okay, okay. Well, all in all, this is definitely turning into a, a we'll, we'll wait and see um, scenario. So we will definitely have to see what happens with this game. Um, from there, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next thing, where Bendis revealed that the Legion of Superheroes is coming! Yes! Yes, I mean like their, their their costumes are a little weird looking, but uh, yes, like do you know how long I have waited for this? Like I have waited <laughs> so long. Like literally, Legion Lost was canceled in 2012. I have waited freaking freaking seven years for Legion of Superheroes to be in like the main DC universe again. That's depressing. <laughs> Mary, like, 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 help me out here. Like, isn't isn't this good news? Like, yes, it's Bendis, but isn't this good news that Legion's coming back? It definitely is good news. Um, I'm concerned about, and there are things I'm excited about. Um, a personal take, but I always kind of felt the Legion has a bit of a time problem. Of at the core, it's very Silver Age. It's very, you know, the Silver Age was the heyday of, you know, the galactic space stuff, you know. Updating the Legion from that mindset can be a little difficult. It's brought in a bunch of new readers. So they are going to have to sell the Legion to people who don't have that kind of a Silver Age nostalgia mindset. That's true to see how or you know how they can be updated because you know people who've been reading comics for a long time you know we have read these older silver age versions of the legion you know we've read legion books throughout i i think supergirl may have actually done this book some favors in the set the supergirl the tv show in the sense that, you know, some of these new readers may have been introduced to the Legion on TV, so they have something to compare it to. That's true. It gives them a to come in. excited that they're coming back. Uh, what I do think is interesting is that um, Bendis said that his story is going to be the quote-unquote first appearance of the Legion of Superheroes in this current iteration of the DC Universe. So we are starting over with the Legion. Okay. I didn't hear uh, that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's from a Newsarama story um, from the 13th. Um, Bendis did not say that his story will be... Uh, his Bendis did say that his that the story he's telling will constitute the first appearance of the Legion of Superheroes in this iteration of the DC Universe. Okay. So, so like, so are we running on the assumption that the current DCU is just, like, half New 52, half pre-New 52, and just saying screw it? Because, like, it's starting to get really annoying. Continuity sleeves. Yeah. 
the current DC universe, Rebirth included, began in the beginning of the New 52. Yep. Her flashpoint no longer existed. A publication. Anything before Flashpoint is is out of canon. It has been retconned. It does not exist. <clears throat> and we had Rebirth, which showed us that on Barry's return trip, Dr. Manhattan intervened. Oh, I'm a few issues behind with Doomsday Clock. We don't know if he split the universes or what he did, but pretty much... From what we can understand and infer, Dr. Manhattan may have created the New 52. I, I figured it was just a chain of events based on... Oh, wait, spoilers. Hold on, wait. <laughs> complicated when we look at Superman Reborn. Yeah, I think it's even worse. Their convergence <laughs> and they undo crisis on Infinite Earth. The heroes from um, that universe scatter. And Clark and Lois end up on New 52 Earth. And they have been there since the beginning. Just, oh god, it gets so confusing. Because when New, when New 52 Superman dies, uh, post-crisis Superman is like, okay, well, I guess they need somebody. And then we go through all of that until Superman Reborn hits where the energies of New 52 Clark and Lois combined with the energies of post-crisis Clark and Lois and the universe is rewritten. Yeah, and then weird things like um, New 52, like Superboy and other things that they want to get rid of just get, like are erased. But then like some things like the Titans history is still there. And it's like... This is weird, and I don't like it. I just like, and ever since Dark Knight's Metal, where where um they revealed that like Aquaman's hook hand happened too, I've just been sitting here like nothing makes sense anymore because that means Mara's been queen twice. But, but she... here's the thing: Ugh. how much of this was affected by the events of Rebirth and the events of Superman Reborn? Superman Reborn had to completely rewrite the Superman story. So, yes, he and Lois did get married. Yes, they did have John. Yes, you know. That's the thing. Okay. So, I think they're, in they're in interjecting a lot of crap DC canon right now, so that way it gives them an out to basically point to Superman Reborn and go, oh, but here's the thing that did that. Yeah, but at the same time, you have Bendis going in the Young Justice book, basically rewriting Titans Rebirth on a new piece of paper and saying there is a universe that was that that that, that, that like went away. So like, I, I I feel as if we're still having the problem where no, like no one's driving the bus and it's going off of a cliff. Exactly what's happening? I don't think that's exactly what's happening. I mean, welcome to DC Comics, where the continuity quite literally does not matter. Okay, well, hopefully, the, the the Legion coming in is a good thing. I I I think I think the one thing that worries me uh, is their hairstyles. Um, hairstyles? Like like uh, Lightning Lads? Uh, like hair is just something something out of this world. Um, I'm gonna take it as a future haircut and leave it at that. Um, but and like I know some people were a little iffy 
on their costumes, but they look very futuristic. I know Saturn Girls looks a little weird, but it definitely gives them a new age flair and like a more futuristic look to them instead of like the old school Silver Age sci-fi look. So I dig it. Um, and then, and then I, um, I don't know if this means Bendis is writing a Legion book or if the Legion's just taking a pit stop. Um, I don't think we've gotten any more information on that specifically, but hopefully sooner or later we'll get a like Legion book long term. I don't know if Bendis will be the one to write it. I know it was mentioned in the chat that like there there was a want from Gail Simone to write this other story. And also, Kai, you cannot have leather stripper daddy cosmic boy. That was a one-off. Why not? <laughs> no, I agree with Kai. No, this was a one-off comic. It'll never it'll never happen again. <laughs> I don't know who like like brought that up the one day when that happened. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um next thing like that, that on the agenda that we that we had missed, uh that I know that Mary will be excited about. Is that um, I don't know how to pronounce this boy's name, uh, Stefan Sajic, um, who has been doing a lot of variant cover work and also did some interiors for um, both Justice League Odyssey and for Aquaman, and like like since like coming to DC, is getting his opportunity to write in a Harley Quinn origin book uh, under the, under the DC's Black Label, and also being able to draw it like in the same vein of Sean Gordon Murphy being allowed to write and draw his Black Label book. It looks very good. I will say that, um, Mary. You you know more about like uh, Sage than I do. Uh, like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? It is. Well, <laughs> that's a bit of a loaded question, because um, if you like a hardcore Joker Harley like romance, if you are think if you think they are the end all and be all of romance, news for you. <laughs> Think that Harley was the victim of an um, of an abusive relationship. Um, this is sort of good news, if you want to call that good news. Okay. Um, and of Sajic for a really long time. I actually ended up finding Sunstone on his DeviantArt page when it was still a webcomic. More volumes of sun of sunstone than someone in polite society should admit to having. <laughs> um, he really the struggle would quote unquote realistically go through having been the victim of an abusive relationship. I mean, in his own fan works, because he's notorious for doing fan comics, because I think the most recent ones that he did were the Wonder Woman Laura Croft comics. Mm -hmm. um, in his own fan comics, he's done various... Uh, do, 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 my brain does not want to work today. He's done a lot of different, um, you know, one or two or three page fan comics where Harley has to confront these things. Uh, there's one issue that sticks out into my mind of Harley is in her traditional jester suit and she's attacking Ivy because Joker said she had to. And Ivy is able to peacefully disable her, as it were. And um, Ivy starts to rub off the grease paint. And one of Harley's eyes, yeah, Harley has a black eye under the grease paint. Oh. 
and with the fact that he has complete control over uh, this book, the fact that he's um, writing and doing the art, I think we can expect a different kind of origin. Um, Sajic is, at least I can hope. And I'm usually more articulate than this. <laughs> I didn't, but um, I hope for this book is that he is going to remove the romanticization this origin that really is not romantic at all. I mean, it, it's abuse, plain and simple, and to see what he does with it, and to see more of who Harley is as a character or a person. Where she is now, she's been portrayed as kind of like a Deadpool-type stand-in. She has wacky, out-of-continuity hijinks. Yeah. And to see a, a legitimate character-driven piece. And I think he can do that well. Okay. Well, Travis, what do you think about the idea of Harley like t having more of a darker tale going on here in a Black Label book? Honestly, I, I, I'm excited to see it in a Black Label book. It's going to be a really grueling read, uh, if, uh, if I know how these Black Label people have been doing it so far. But uh, I agree with everything that Mary had said. It's it's not a romantic relationship, and uh, it never was, frankly. Mm. It, it was it was always Joker being just that guy, and she had the craziest case of Stockholm syndrome we had ever seen. And it'll it's going to be nice to see maybe like where that comes from, why she loves him, and then maybe we can understand a little more about what's going on with Harley and why we keep getting into this weird vortex of I'll never stop loving Mr. J no matter how many times I get with someone who's halfway better. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see if they do anything. Maybe they'll shed some light on her relationship with Deadshot and how that ended. Because that was pretty dark for its time, and Black Label's perfect to expand on that. Yeah, New 52 Suicide Squad was going some dark places. And then <laughs> DC Rebirth comes along, and, and uh, Rob Williams just goes, we're not going to talk about any of that. Right, it was it was pretty much the only good, like, a few things good came out of New 52, but those things, like, apparently had to die too, which, sad, yeah. sucks. Like, I hated Skinny Waller, but I loved the Harley and Deadshot dynamic of that book. Yeah, when she had him tied up and put Joker's face on his. Oh, God, I was freaking out. <laughs> She's, like, that traumatized by the entire situation. Like, and then... Dude! Like, oh, my gosh. The entire book. No, no, continue. I'm sorry. And, well, like, there's, there's even that scene during Death of the Family in Suicide Squad where Joker kidnaps her from Deadshot's funeral because he was, quote-unquote, dead at the time. And she like he, like, throws her in, a, in, a, in a, like, a jail cell with a bunch of dead bodies that, that look like her. And he goes, like, do you think you were the first? And I was like, oh, my God! Yep. Just, I remember that. He chained her up. That was rough. I, that was another one of those times where I had to put the book down and walk away for a second. Like, like that, 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 that entire thing was just weird. So maybe, maybe this is a good thing. Cause like, I agree with Mary that I've been getting really tired of the idea of, um, Harley having the Deadpool mindset. So this could be a good thing. Like I, I'm, I'm tired of her just being 
like the female Deadpool. I want her to actually like be her own thing. So that's right. a good thing. Um, Hi, and then... What were you gonna say, Mary? I was gonna say, kind of the chat pointed out that um, his fan that uh, Sajak's fan comics uh, for Harley are pretty deep, and she mentions that this is a dream book for him to write, and it absolutely is. I mean, this is an absolute dream book for him. I think the only book that he wants to do slightly more than this is a Poison Ivy story. And he has confirmed that she will show up, so we're going to be getting an interesting bit of that dynamic as well. Well, that's good. I know all the high Ivy fans will be happy about that. Um, and Kai also said that uh, she's hoping that it's closer to his fan comics, and frankly, I am too. Hopefully DC will let him get that power, because like, it seems as if Black Label is finally starting to get into more of its stride after the whole damn situation, because Last Night on Earth was just amazing. And Sajak, he's got, he's got a lot of selling power. He absolutely does. That's good. So, here's hoping it does well. Definitely. Well, from there, we are going to get into some more 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 recent news topics. Uh, this one will definitely be talked about on next week's episode of Living on the Edge, but to give some more thoughts of, of, like, of how we feel about this, we've been getting this recent countdown from Marvel Comics' Twitter, like, from starting from four. Of all the numbers to start a countdown from, we start from four. I don't understand why. But, like, the, the, these, these simple little daily little countdown numbers of four, three, two, one. And finally, on the day of one, we got the reveal that in a new limited series, J.J. Abrams, his son, and Sarah Pacelli are going to be writing a Spider-Man book. And I... 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 I I, I, I'm at a loss for this one. I don't understand why it's a thing. I, I don't know, like, uh, other than the idea of J.J. Abrams coming in and doing something like this, just, just, just the kicks. I don't understand what could be gained from this. Um, like... That person, but, like, who is this for? That That's where I'm at. It's like, <laughs> we, we, we have... We have two spider-man books going on right now we have amazing and friendly neighborhood we have miles's book we have um gwen who just got kicked over to the 616 and it's like who who asked for this it's not like oh i have a problem with jj abrams and his son henry doing a book i'm like who, who like I, i'm definitely in agreement with you like who 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 asked for this <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make any sense now granted it does seemed like a cool thing to get his foot in the door but all we know about it is it's gonna have a new villain named cadaverous which is okay <laughs> uh, i've heard worse d villain names so okay cadaverous <laughs> like I, I, like is he is he just gonna like chop people up is he gonna be a coroner <laughs> what, what are you gonna do with that um but i i, I definitely think this has like Someone's gonna buy this. It, it, I don't know if it'll be me, but if if someone's gonna enjoy it, or if someone's just a big J.J. Abrams fan, I think I feel like it's good. But I I, I don't understand why this exists. <laughs> Kai in the chat pointed out that apparently he's made of dead bodies. No, that's uh, that's just flat goofy. Like. You, he could have just been a coroner who likes to chop people up, and, or like he could have been a cannibal. Now you're telling me he just, he's just made of dead bodies. Like, why? Like, I, I have the article open, and like, it just says his name. 
And I'm just like... She's making a joke. She's making a joke. <laughs> she's not even sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, she's making a joke. Okay. I, I le- like, But no, like that is something that Marvel would do, which is make him out of dead bodies. Be surprised if they did. It, it, it could be happen. It could happen. Um, but it just... I, 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 we, we, we hit the epitome of spider saturation during all new, all different Marvel. And I, I, I just forgot about superior Spider-Man being a book too. Superior Spider-Man is totally a book right now. So we have so many spider people books going on and we're approaching overload again, like how we had during all new, all different Marvel. And I'm just like, and during Marvel, uh, Marvel now, cause we had Scarlet Spider and we had 2099 going on and I'm just like, why? But thankfully, it's a limited series, which is obvious because J.J. Abrams can't stay on forever to write a Spider-Man book. But I don't get it. Travis, what do you think? Uh, I think that they're trying to jump on that Umbrella Academy money. Like that That's something I can think of. Uh, look at this big name that you know writing a comic. Maybe you'll read comics now while the comic fans are like, uh, no. I mean, thank you, but no. It's like, I don't know, it's like getting getting a doily from your grandma on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me every year. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> so Mary gets it. Like, it's, it, totally it's nice. I, I appreciate this, but uh, who needs this? I don't. I don't even know where I could put this, you know? That's that's how I feel about it. Like I like JJ Abrams' work and I like Spider-Man. So I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but it is so left field. Man. Yeah, I, I don't understand. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um well, hopefully this book appeals to somebody. It, it'll it'll like someone will enjoy this. Again, I don't know if it'll be me. Um but yeah, it, it's a thing. And the other thing that, that that was pretty big this week was the idea that Brian Singer has finally been fully replaced on the Red Sonja movie that is coming out uh, with uh, direct, director Jill Soloway. Um, I believe she... I had the article up a second ago. Jill Soloway had directed a, a movie. I, see, now I feel dumb because I had it and then I, I closed it for like two seconds to look something else up. And then, and, Okay, cool. Deadline. High deadline. Um, where'd it go? Horrible radio. Uh, yeah, she, uh, she was the, she was the director of Transparent, uh, mo- movie musical finale. Um, it's definitely good. They got a female in the chair for this. Um, ho- I, I honestly, I I've never read a Red Sonja comic in my entire life. Mary, is this a good thing? Like, I know a lot of people were pretty upset about like um. Brian Singer being in the chair to begin with on this kind of project, but is this a good thing that like that th- this has a fresh pair of eyes, and especially for a woman character like this? I mean, with Brian Singer, you had a sexual predator in the chair for a character who was a sexual assault victim. So yeah, it's very good news that Brian frickin' Singer's out of there. Okay. In terms of Jill Soloway, I will admit I am not a hundred percent. Um, familiar with her work. I know um, seems like her big credit is transparent and well I, I have never seen the show. Same. 
Um, apparently, it's very, it's been very groundbreaking on Am on Amazon. So I guess that's a good thing. Um, if it's a critically lauded show, then I guess something has to be working there. But I am I am familiar with the premise, but I am I've never actually seen the show itself. Okay. Well, for for anybody who doesn't really know, like myself, like Red, it wasn't really big on Red Sonia. Like, it, it, is this something worth like, people's time to look into? Like, like can, can you give people a lowdown? On oh, Red Sonia? Yeah. Okay. First of all, if you love a cringy good time, look up the Brigitte Nielsen movie because cringe, all of the cringe. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Okay. Interesting. It is a follow-up movie to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Conan the Barbarian. Oh, God. Now I have to look this up. Oh, God. If you want a cringy good time. But um, Red Sonia herself has actually had a couple of different iterations. Um, in the beginning, she was a Marvel character. Um, who was licensed within the Conan the Barbarian universe kind of a thing. But eventually Marvel let that copyright expire. Mm -hmm. It swooped in and picked up the copyright, and the character was reinvented for Dynamite. Um, her... Uh, oh God, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, her most critically lauded run definitely comes from Gail Simone's run on the character. Well, yeah, we love Gail. Gail's a good time. But I'm trying to, like, nail it because, like, you know, Marvel Red Sonia and Dynamite Red Sonia, they're, they're separate characters a bit. Um, Red Sonia's... She's similar enough to Xena. Okay. In the sense that, you know, she is a, bad a badass warrior woman. And mess you up as soon as she looks at you. She's hard fighting, she's heavy drinking. I mean, she's probably most famous for the bikini chainmail armor. Oh, okay. Which, unfortunately, I am a fan of. I mean, as long as you're a fan of it, okay. The attitude that she pairs with it kind of a thing. It, it works in context, but if you were to just see a picture... Okay, it's not like some dumb spread. She actually like is a good character that can back up like the, the, the outfit. She's a smart, um, is a smart female character. She's very powerful. She's very talent. She's a very talented fighter, um, and she's also a very talented fighter when she's drunk. Oh, but, yes. Okay. Think of think of Sonia a bit this way. She's kind of a hard drinking, hard swearing, hard fighting version of Wonder Woman. All right, that could be a pretty enjoyable yeah. movie. Yeah. If this is if this is done correctly, it can be a very good, very fun movie. I, I do not doubt it will be violent as all get out. <laughs> um. No, if you want a really good introduction into the character, um, definitely look up Gail Simone's Red Zonia run for Dynamite. Okay. Remember the approximate time frame uh, with which that was published, but there are, are a lot of layers to the character that's kind of hard to sum up on the spot. That's fair. Well, I will definitely have to give her a look, and uh, the, we, we highly recommend that to, to all of our readers do it. I mean, not all readers, Jesus. All our listeners do as well. I cannot talk tonight. Um... 
like well hopefully like actually having a woman in the chair for, like for, the, for this movie actually gives us some hope i know I, I know that this this movie has been in like development hell for a hot minute even before singer w was picked to do it so maybe this is finally it's shot to come up and, and do a thing and actually like keep like the, the comic line actually being a thing like for them so good good stuff um i feel like an idiot talking right now <laughs> mm -hmm. well, well the next thing we got on Madaka is that uh dc's young adult not no longer uh ink and zoom which we will talk about in our main topic tonight um it has some new adult books that are coming out uh soon like like that were just announced today they're like we have this whole thing that they're doing we talked about it recently was the idea that young adult books are making a big splash and they are actually starting to be more of a thing, which I honestly really enjoy. That it gives things like people more of a hope when it comes to this type of things. We got a slew of new ones that were announced. We have, uh, excuse me, we, uh, we had things like Zatanna and the House of Secrets. Um, we had a Constantine book that was announced. We had a new Wonder Woman book that was announced. We had a Nubia book that was announced. Like holy crap, that is amazing. And to see DC actually trying to reach these young readers with like a, a diverse set of characters that isn't just Batman and Superman, it is is gives me a lot of hope. Um, I recently like read uh, Teen Titans Raven, and it is so good. Like I didn't think I was gonna enjoy it, but like it definitely has the same tone as the recent Catwoman book, where it's not afraid to talk about like serious subject matter. And to see that being done for ch like my young adults is actually really good. I really enjoy it. Um, I know this is like a revisit a visit topic, guys. But does any uh, any of the books on this list intrigue you at all? Um, nearly all of them intrigue me. Okay. What list is it on the agenda? Yes. You were supposed to read the agenda. <laughs> I did read the agenda. Oh, oh, for okay, Black Label. I think I'm I'm really excited for uh, for Batman Damned, especially now no, that it's we, coming we, back. We messed up with, with Black Label. We're at the young adult section. Oh, oh man, <laughs> I don't really mess. I don't really mess with young adult stuff if I'm being completely honest. I mean, like I, I don't a lot, but the idea of a Nubia book has me hyped. Like that's yeah. Enough. Okay, I can see that. I, I'm hyped for the young, like for, for that. I'm hyped for the Oracle book because seeing Barbara Gordon in, a, in an Oracle thing would be great. The Zatanna House, like, House of Secrets book looks adorable, and I'm about it. Like that just looks awesome. Um, um, I, I am very excited about Superman smashes the clan. Yes. Very How can much you so. not be? Very. How much can so. you not be? Like just that title in general, <laughs> Superman smashes the clan. Like that. That just sounds like a time based off of a series of episodes from the radio show in 1945 where Superman did the exact same thing. What? Oh shit. <laughs> Superman in the order in the order of the fiery cross. Wow. Takes on the a representation of the Ku Klux Klan that um tries to assassinate or tries to kill a young Asian American boy and his family. What? Five. Yes. 
It's an incredibly powerful storyline from the radio show directly after World War II, and Superman frickin' obliterates the Klan. Which is so ironic, because an Asian-American guy, uh, Jean Lung Yang, is, is writing the book. The, the, the 40s and 50s radio show for Superman, they are just gems that are completely lost to history. To see Gene Yang bring this back, and so um, it's a book that we were actually made aware of a long time ago. I didn't even hear about that. That's freaking insane. But I'm very excited for it. A lot of these books I'm really excited about, and I'm excited for young people to get their hands on them. Definitely, it, it definitely oh. opens the door for new readers to come into comics and actually like find a new way in instead of, instead of just trying to pick up a Batman book. I I, I definitely think. This is a cool thing. I'm practically jumping up and down in my seat about Nubia because bring her back already. Legit though, like she, like she's just been away, like like gone. Like, what wasn't she in Wonder Woman for like two seconds? Am I wrong? Maybe in the background, but she didn't have any kind of a significant role. Oh, wait, uh, no, that, oh, wait, no, that, that was the whole thing about them making uh, Artemis black. That's right. That's right. Okay. But still, like, that could have just been Nubia. And we, we lost that opportunity. But I'm mad. I mean, you know, I'm looking at this list and there's a decent chunk of titles. I'm going to say, I'm like, from the last time we talked, I'm still hyped for the Cassandra Kane book. I, I feel like that's oh, yeah. be, that'd be um, Oracle's getting a book. Cassandra Kane is getting a book. I think. Um, Catwoman was definitely a great choice to come out swinging. Yes. That it sets the narrative. His books aren't just, you know, feel-good teen stories. Like, they are going to be dealing with very real issues. Yeah. I, I'm very excited to see where this goes. I'm very excited to see how these... Um, up. Unfortunately, it's just a wait and see because it looks like we're not going to be seeing a lot of them until 2020 to 2021. That's really weird that, that we're, we're getting that far out of an announcement for these. It's probably for a couple different reasons, honestly, but... Okay. Well, at least we know they're coming. Like, I, 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 When they first announced the idea of Ink and Zoom, I was pretty hyped about it. I, I think what we're, what we're about to talk about... Like is has me worried about j just DC's imprints in general. So let's let's go ahead and get into this. So the big announcement that, that this week that had everyone talking was that DC announced in a new way to tighten up their their publishing line. They're going to be um, shrinking some of their imprints. They're going to be only having just DC kids for their like for for their twelve and unders, and they're going to have DC as the thirteen plus which will include anything from these young adult novels to their regular comics to any other graphic novels they publish. And then Black Label will be their 18-plus or, like, mature readers imprint for things like Batman Damned, the new Harley Quinn book, uh, Last Night on Earth, stuff like that. And the reason why it had everybody up in arms was not only the situation of DC, Inc., and Zoom that were just announced like what a year and a half ago are being axed in favor of just having a DC young adult novel like thing. And not only that, but 
Vertigo is officially being terminated. And that's really depressing seeing as Vertigo has been the hub for darker, more like serious adult stories at DC for so many years. And I, I don't know how to fully feel about it because while I, I do agree black label has promise, I don't know why they didn't just bank on Vertigo rather than black label. Mary, what do you think? Um, very complicated issue. Now, why do you say that? Vertigo has an amazing legacy. We have had absolutely transformative books. We've had things like um, Sandman, um, Preacher, Why the Last Man, um, Enigma. I mean, these are... Doom Patrol. They're some of the most um, influential books in, in the comics medium as a whole. Really, I am sad to let go of that legacy. However, not every Vertigo book is a winner. That's true. It's just kind of like talking about, you know, if Image were to shut down entirely kind of a thing. You know, I'm not advocating for that or anything. It's just, you know... It's a really difficult topic to process because... You know, yes, these are books, and I really hope that they can find new homes. You know, maybe some of these books can transition to image or whatnot, because Vertigo tends to be creator-owned. Yeah. That is not something DC has always been pleased with, is the fact that it has been a creator-owned imprint. It's purely speculation on my part whether or not that, that had a... Um, part to play in this. Well, I know um, Jim Lee put out in a tweet that the idea of things like Young Animal and um, other creator-owned pop-ups are still possible, even though they are downgrading to just these three um, imprint things now. So maybe there's still hope for different kinds of books that we that we've grown attached to. It's but. Uh, the chat points out it was Kai, said that uh, Black Label means they can produce Batman stories for an 18-plus crowd. Uh, Vertigo did not have that license. Yeah, that's true. You see, again, my speculation, I think they just want to bring everything in-house. And, you know, because you bought Vertigo didn't necessarily mean you bought DC. I think they have become more concerned with their in-house materials. Look at Young Animal, things like, you know, Gerard Way's Doom Patrol or Jody Hauser's Mother Panic. Like, yes, these are indie quote-unquote titles, but they still exist within the DCU. Yeah. So, I, I, I... It's it's weird. Like I know there's there's a lot of books at these companies that I I definitely enjoy, so mm-hmm. so it, it's sad to see this happen, 
Travis, what do you what do you think about this? Like, like vertigo going is definitely hard. So I want to know, I want to know what you think. Um, I'm kind of indifferent to be honest with you. Vertigo had some good stuff. I was a big fan of uh, Lucifer and Sandman. But, I mean, I like I also like the stuff that I'm reading from DC to kind of affect each other. So I'm not I'm hurt that it's going, but I'm also not hurt that it's going. If that makes any sense. Hence my indifference. Okay. I, I I'm I, I'm not totally in the same boat with you because like there are a lot of things that I enjoy. I granted I'm still more of a of a main DC fan. I still recognize that things like Doom Patrol, things like Sandman, things like 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 um, Lucifer have Preacher have so much impact on the comics we read today. Swamp Thing's best books were made at Vertigo. Like it it it, it like it it's definitely hard to think about the idea that we might not get these kind of books again for a while now granted black label still shows promise like i'm not gonna knock black label because we've definitely seen some pretty good stuff come out of them like dick like bat dicks aside like there have there have been good things (laughs) that have come out of black label so far so i'm not gonna just say like like no this is bad but I, I definitely am sad to see this happen. Um, one thing I will um, say, though, I remember uh, reading in a tweet this week that someone mentioned that the thing is, Vertigo isn't fully gone, in a sense. There are still, like, the impact that Vertigo has made to the comics landscape is still noticeable. There are creator-owned projects spiraling up every other day. And to see how how much like impact vertigo and image and other things have had on the comic book landscape shows that you know there's got to be a, a, at the big two to make a book and you can make some, some of the most the most groundbreaking books in the history of the medium at self-published type situations so definitely support different creators definitely definitely support the people who worked at vertigo so that's where i'm gonna leave that one um, uh-huh. Mary, what do you uh, what do you say about that? Like I said, I think for me, <clears throat> I'm sad to see the legacy go yeah. because it has been absolutely transformative. And you know, these are some books that you know, thankfully, will withstand the test of time. Big concern is: will these books ever be reprinted or recollected? And, you know, because I used to work in a retail, um, an LCS environment, that's kind of where my brain starts to go with these things is like, okay, they reprinted Preacher a few years ago before the TV show took off, you know, in five, six years when it, you know, typically comes around to be reprinted or recollected. Something like, why the last man ever going to be collected again? the existing trades going to shoot up in the speculator market like trying to find a copy of uh, the, the Hikatea or something. Hopefully. Like, there's there's definitely a chance that it, it could happen. Um, I, I definitely, like, there was the case with, um, what was it, um, American Way by the guy who wrote 12 Years a Slave. Um, hit The second volume of it went for like because it was, it was originally published under wildstorm when it was being published through the like, like when it was being published through dc and then it had the opportunity to continue 
under vertigo so maybe there's hope for some of these properties i don't know but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like speculate and dive into all that when there's still promise like there's still good books that are being made there's still awesome stuff going on so i'm not gonna like like go, go into stuff that i don't know about so i guess we just gotta wait and see on this but it's definitely yeah. sad to see the legacy go um well, well from there we're gonna go ahead and wrap up the show for the evening um Travis, what what is a book this week that you have read that you want to recommend to the readers at home? Well, the, the listeners at home. I cannot talk. Well, uh, so, yeah, I guess they are readers. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Detective Comics, to be honest with you. Why is that? 1005. Because it's the, the Detective Comics after 1000 has been working with uh, the Arkham Knight, which is, if everyone's familiar from the Arkham, like from the Arkham series games, is it Jason but they're Tom? not. No, and that's amazing. It's it's amazing. It's honestly like the Tomasi is doing a wonderful job with how uh, Astrid Arkham, Arkham. Not spoiler. That was weeks ago. We learned that, y'all. But uh, Astrid Arkham, the 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 Arkham Knight, is basically. A polar opposite forced extreme of Batman. She's a direct result of him. Ooh. And it's it's really nice. To, it's, a, it's a nice change of pace from all the, the dark and gritty. She's a, a warrior of the light. You know, it, it oh man, it's, it's wonderful to read. To see, I, maybe I'm weird for this, but I like to see Batman lose. He's his greatest after a significant loss. You don't like Bat God, Travis? What happened, what happened to you loving Bat God? Uh, Bat God, he took that L himself when he got off the chair, but that's that's a whole other thing. I, ugh, Bat God was terrible. Why'd you? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, the Arkham Knight is it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful change of pace from all this gritty, all the Zazzes and the Jokers and the Penguins that you have to deal with. This is fresh and this is new. And I really hope that other writers pick up the Arkham Knight and give this more lore. I want to see another, a new villain reach, like, rogues gallery level for Batman. Because we do see a lot of the old ones pretty much all the time. Okay, okay. Mary, what is a book you've read this week that you want to shout out for folks? Did you die? Mary! Mary, come back. Your mic's muted. Mary! Mary! Sorry, I had a, I had a bit of technical trouble. Oh, okay. No, um, ah. no, a book that I want to give a shout out to this week is definitely uh, Batman and the Outsiders number two. Okay, why is that? Was, wait, was that this week or was that last week? I... I uh... Let me check. It, um, hit this button. It might have been two weeks ago, but I, I'm gonna check. Oh, I well, mean, crap. still shout it out if you want. It's, it's it's a good series. Go ahead. Um. Well, uh, I can switch it up to because uh, I haven't put my books away and they are in in. Well, go read Batman the Outsiders regardless, because I, I I love Ryan yeah. Hill. Go support him. Yes, and uh, he, he's doing a lot of really... It, it, number two is definitely another strong entry in the series. Um, but uh, let's give a shout-out to Star Wars Dr. Aphra, Ooh. which is 
it is a Star Wars book that is really not like the others because, well, she doesn't exist in the larger canon outside of this comic book. Um, issue 33, like, this book is on issue 33 with multiple annuals. Like, it's having a great time with itself. If you like Indiana Jones and if you like Star Wars, this is definitely a great book for you. Afra is a wonderful character. She's, um... I like to call her gay panic in space, <laughs> but because <laughs> it is, that's what she is. But um, no, it's a fantastic book. This is another great entry. Um, if you like mysteries and crap, like it's just, it's a great book. Okay. Okay. And then what my book for the week is going to be is excellence. Number two from image comics and skybound written by Brandon Thomas with art by Carrie Randolph. This book has been amazing. The first issue blew my mind. The second issue, like, just took it to the next level. When this book was first announced, because I'd been loving Brandon Thomas's work from A Lion Forge, writing Noble, this book just jumped out at me as another great book for African Americans to enjoy. It's like, it, it definitely has those, like, Un like unintentional or maybe possibly intentional hints of Harry Potter with the wands and stuff like that but it also takes it in its own direction with a secret society and stuff like that that brings in its own flair and it tells the story of like a father and a son and legacy and it just it's so powerful and I highly recommend it to anybody who loves a really good read so definitely check that out at your local comic book store um, Travis what is your closing statement for episode 9 uh, support local comics. <laughs> It'll always be support your local comics. I don't have one and I'm jealous. Please do it for me. Oh, okay. Uh, other than that, man, honestly, uh, pick up Batman Damned 3. It's been getting delayed a lot, so you're probably going to have to reread 1 and 2. Yeah, probably. But it's been very good from what I remember, and I'm definitely going to be rereading the 2 before I read 3. Okay. Mary, what is your closing statement for episode nine? Um, I'm very excited for um, this new round of graphic novels, and I'm going to do something kind of strange here. I'm going to say something nice about Bendis, oh <laughs> which I don't uh -oh. normally do. Oh, God. But um, Event Leviathan is, like, it's going to be really good. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I am excited for Event Leviathan. Is it only because of Manhunter? No, it's a, it it actually looks like it's gonna it actually looks like it's gonna be really good. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna say this: if you haven't read the first issue, Lois Lane and Batman are gonna be your new bro TP. Like, seriously, I need a book. Yes, they are my new bro TP. Ma like, I need a. <laughs> I Lois know. Lane and Batman. <laughs> That, they that... are my new, no, they are my new bro TP, not OTP, bro TP. Okay. No, I just want them running around solving mysteries together, and I'm pretty sure that's what this book is going to give us. Okay. <laughs> no, no, nothing romantic. I just want to see, like, Batman and Lois just running around punching people and solving mysteries. So, like, you want to have, like, a continuation of the De Detective 1000 plotline and Lois Lane gets inducted into the, into mm -hmm. the Detective Society? Okay. Well, because uh, Event Leviathan, number one, deals a lot with those two having to work together. That sounds like a very weird combo, but I, 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 might, I might have to check it out. Okay. Yeah. My my closing statement always is definitely like is definitely going to um, echo Travis because he stole my line 
Um, <laughs> always support local comic book shops. It's important to keep this industry alive. You know, like, like keep enjoying the books that you are reading, whether it be DC, whether it be Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom, doesn't not matter. There is a book out there for you. If you need help finding a book for you, if you don't think there is a place for you in comics, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, I am on Twitter at J- James C. Portis three. Um, like, like all of us are here. Uh, I, I don't know how everyone feels about shouting on their Twitter. I'm not going to do that to them if they don't want to. Um, always follow everyone. Like, like, like follow the um, the on comics ground Twitter at uh, like uh, at on comics ground and on Instagram and at on comics ground because we're always talking about the new releases. We're always reviewing these comics for you guys. We want to show you that comics are for you. So definitely check out these books. And I don't know how I feel about. Batman and Lois Lane being a team, but if Mary says it, it must be good. So <laughs> go, go go check that out. All right, we we will go ahead and catch you folks next time right here at Panel to Panel. Thank you so much for tuning in.